Hi. Hi, love. How's it going? Good. How are you? How was your day? How was your past seven weeks since I last talked to you? It's been really good. It's been pretty lonely without you, but it's been a good seven weeks. Even though we were technically together a week ago? Technically, we were together. That's correct. But untechnically, on the podcast, we have been apart for seven weeks. Yeah, I think it's only been like four weeks, maybe. I'm hoping. But yeah, it's been pretty bad. What's our excuses? A holiday break that took out a big chunk of it. Then we were together, so we had no reason to do the long distance thing. Um, but I think that's the main excuse. What excuses do you have you been working on? Um, my toe really hurt for a week of it. And then we had we recorded an episode and then Matthew just didn't like how he sounded. So Oh, you couldn't hear me, yeah. Yeah. I checked our email today just in case we got any emails. And um, drum roll. Drum roll. You know what's sad? What? We don't even have any junk mail. Oh, really? Usually at least Ringer emails us or something. No, but I'm saying like when you check the junk folder, there's not even junk mail. Oh, wow. Well, that's good. I mean, at least we're keeping it clean, saving the environment, reducing the old bandwidth usage. Yeah, the cleanest email I've ever seen. That's probably what it is. I don't think it's people don't want to email. It's our listeners are very concerned about the environment. And they know that producing the email, sending it over, it takes electricity. Electricity uh, creates carbon gases. So I really appreciate that. Huh. I mean... They're probably just saving them up. They're probably what they're doing is they're collecting them all together and they're just in one mass email. Any day oh, now. That's nice. That's pretty smart, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they're all just into formal letter writing. And so they're waiting till we open up a P.O. box. Oh, that could be it too. And we just want to hand deliver it to our P.O. box. Really save the environment. Yeah. Um, I have kind of a story for you that I forgot to tell you last night, and it's not even really that good of a story. It's kind of one of those, it's not even a story. You just had to be there, you know? Okay, so, let's hear it. Great podcast material, but there was this couple in yoga yesterday that was the most <laughs> yoga couple, or it was the most stereotypical um, couple I've ever seen in my life. So... The girl's been going there for a while. I've seen her there before. And she's that typical yoga person that when she introduces herself to you or when she meets you, like touches you on both shoulders and puts her face like three inches from your nose and just has these really wide starry eyes and just really cares about your soul. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Why was she, she was talking to you at yoga and she's doing all that? No, no, no. Like that's the kind of person it is, you know? Like, oh, okay. And you she's definitely tell, talked she to me had... like that before. Oh, okay. Yeah, like she's like really has to get to know you. She's a teacher for, um, I don't know, probably preschool or second grader, some sort of young kids. And she just, you know, is always um, just wearing these like tie dye or like flower print yoga leggings. And then, you know, some sort of sports bra to match and just is like so <laughs> zen and um, just the most probably, I don't know, like six years older than me maybe she's 27 28 29 and today was the first time she was she came over to me and put her hand on my shoulder and said hey can you make room for two more mats next to you and i said of course <laughs> and <laughs> she but it's so unusual she's never had another mat that she set up next to her so mm -hmm. i was kind of it piqued my interest because i love you know dating and who's ever dating who and you know she's never come in with a boyfriend before she doesn't have an engagement or married you know ring on or anything so i didn't know she was dating anyone and so i was pretty excited to see <laughs> who she'd be dating and this guy comes in who is the typical oh man <laughs> he is has dark hair he looks exactly like uh john ham and he's exactly kind of that age. Like he 
is probably in his 50s, but he's trying to pass for like 39, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm saying he looks like John Hamm, but his nature was different. John Hamm's much more like, so he, he has the looks of John Hamm, but he is trying to pretend he's 39. He comes in and he, oh, thanks, babe, for the yoga mat. And <laughs> sits down on it. He proceeds to take out of his pocket, um, uh, like, you know those farmer handkerchiefs? No, what do you, you mean? You know, like, what am I trying? A bandana. Oh, okay. He places the bandana down, and he folds it perfectly, and then puts it around his forehead. And it just looks so funny on a guy who is, again, 50, dating a 28-year-old, trying to look 39. And he is so into himself. Given, like, you can tell he works out and stuff. But man, they, so I'm in the front row too. So I could say this about myself. If you're in the front row, you're right up against the mirror. So you kind of have to look at yourself. But he was looking at him in a way, like himself in a way that was, he is more in love with himself than he ever will be. This 28 year old yoga girl he got, you know? Yeah. And oh my God, they are the silliest. Oh, it was just so much for me. After we're in, um, we're getting done you know, with yoga, and they stayed in their shavasana or whatever it's called, and he, like, puts his hand over on her, and she puts his hand, and you could call that cute, but just for them as a couple, this is just a bad story. Again, you just had to be there. This is the funniest couple I've ever seen. And they're laying out these long sighs as they're touching each other, and I am just so close to them. I'm, oh my gosh, I just was like, can you guys get a room? Like, no one needs to be letting out these sighs and these, hmm, oh my gosh, it was so much. It was crazy. That's really funny. You had to find out how long they've been dating. Is this a long time relationship or is they just meet? Oh, it has to be a month because here's the other thing. I listened to their conversation at the beginning because I have to. And yeah, it has to be about a month. And she goes, oh, did you see my roommate? like Kimberly or something in the corner. And he goes, oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, I forgot to tell her that I was sleeping over at your house tonight. Oh, and yeah. It just feel like when you're over the age, like he is clearly 49 or 50. He looks young. He looks great. However, if you're 50 and you have a house, I could just never go back to dating someone with a roommate who has to tell their roommate that they're going to be gone for the night. Yeah. Well, it seems like if he's that into himself, he's probably never really been much for relationships you know i think he's at the stage of his life it's like well i guess it's time to like find a woman you know after i've leave, lived this exciting life that i've always wanted to live so i don't know yeah he probably doesn't see him he doesn't see himself as like oh i'm a 50 year old that's dating someone with a roommate he's just like yep this is just me hanging out with some girl like girls have roommates that's just the way it is till they find an, a man you know i don't know yeah projecting a lot onto this Ugh. relationship but it's pretty funny it is pretty funny. Oh, man, it was a lot. It was just two people that... It's exactly that girl... Oh, you didn't even watch that show with me. Never mind. Maybe you did. What no. show? I don't know. There was this show that I watched, and I de- you definitely didn't watch it with me. It was some kind of weird indie trying-to-be-a-romance movie on Netflix. Oh. And this guy was dating this very yoga-y girl. The Running Man. No. <laughs> Yeah, that Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, vehicle, 1987, I believe. <laughs> the other part of yoga I wanted to tell you about yesterday is, oh, it's that teacher who just thinks he's the most enlightened guy ever. Oh, and yeah. for part of yoga, he's like, you're now going to put on these blindfolds and do yoga. What? Yeah, and we had to do 20 minutes of yoga blindfolded, which honestly, like, he was like, now that sense of imbalance you're feeling um, that's your soul challenging itself. And maybe the experience isn't the workout and it's more of the enlightenment of not having sight or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Being blind is not fun. Okay. And I'm very, very thankful for my eyes. However, I, I just came to yoga for a good workout. And now this is really hindering that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's what's causing the imbalance. I think it's your lack of senses, but maybe not. Maybe it's just your soul. Like, you know, like deaf people, or if you lose your hearing, you can it'd be a hard time balancing. From now on, we should just tell people that. Like, oh, are your ears ringing? Are you having trouble balancing? Oh, okay. It's just your soul. Just it'll pass. It's <laughs> you would just, you're just not focused and you're just really not centered right now. <laughs> I'm just really risk adverse. 
So that's why even handstands at yoga are hard for me or I just get kind of scared. So then you're asking me to do like one-legged stands where like hang my head down with a blindfold. Oh, I did not like it. Yeah, that's scary. And I hope they clean the blindfolds too. They'd get so sweaty. Yeah, and then, yeah, that's the thing is I was thinking that. I was like, oh, they probably put these in the wash afterwards. But then he was like, okay, everyone put your blindfolds back in the bucket afterwards. And I was like, no, I'm never doing this again. Next time he asks me to be blindfolded, I'm just going to say no. Yeah, I don't want to get pink eye. I'm fine in my yoga class. Yeah. Oh, well, they probably don't have pink eye. Or I just don't want to be blindfolded. Yeah, that's It was quite the yoga class. I forgot to tell you those things yesterday. What a guy. What a teacher. Yeah. And he asks every before class, he says, does anyone have any words of wisdom? And no matter what someone says, unless you're under the age of 14 and you say something about be nice or something, then he'll say beautiful. (laughs) But if it's anything at all above that, he always says, well, have you ever thought of it this way? And it's like, oh, my God, you're asking people for their words of wisdom. So don't tell them that wasn't very wise. Here's my insight. (laughs) What's an example? That's so funny. It's the worst teaching uh, method I've ever heard. Yeah, so an example is, oh, I almost dropped my water bottle. Last night, he he goes, what's your words of wisdom? Because this lady came in late. And she goes, well, not feeling very wise. I just quit my job again. (sighs) Again? And she goes, I know. (laughs) And she goes, but I guess my wisdom would be allow yourself room to change and grow. Pretty wise, yeah. What's arguing with that? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And he goes, well, have you ever thought, I can't remember what he said, but he said something like, have you ever thought it's not the growth you should be seeking, it's the experiences and um, (laughs) that allowing yourself room for the experiences is more important than allowing yourself the room for growth or something like that. Oh my gosh. That's so annoying because you could do that with any any little thing. Like, yeah, the experience ultimately leads to growth. It's like he could always just go more granular. And I'm sure if you did the most specific possible thing, he'd be like, oh, well, you need to think more broadly. Like no matter what you would say, he would have some way to discount it or I don't know. He's probably just trying to add to the conversation though. Add to the wisdom. No, because the conversation ends there. He just expects everyone to go, oh, and then he goes, anyway, let's start yoga. Ah, <laughs> uh, so wise. That's pretty funny. He thinks he's like a, a new Socrates. Who's that? Socrates. He would, oh, he would ask everybody. A new Socrates. He would ask everybody why all the time or what. Oh. Keep asking questions. You're saying a new Socrates? Yeah. Is that what you said? Uh-huh. Oh, I thought you were saying someone's name is a new Socrates. Oh. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the famous Indian. Philosopher and new Socrates. Yeah. Have you seen the Indian news lately? No, tell me about it. Amazon invested. They're gonna. Well, they say they're gonna put a billion dollars in this year into investing into India, and they want to basically want to get small manufacturers uh, more involved in the Amazon ecosystem and small retailers. And people are just slamming it left and right. It seemed like an okay plan to me when I first heard about it, but everyone. You know, the financial critics of the world are saying, like, it's a crazy plan and it's not going to work out because it's really just going to harm Indians and their economy and harm their ability to produce things themselves more than it's going to help them. Just because of the way Amazon's track record generally, it's like, yeah, if you sell on Amazon, you're going to they're going to take most of the money and they already operate on such thin margins. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's better. I think it's better to provide the infrastructure, provide the money and let people sort of develop themselves rather than just regular charity you know traditional charity just giving things away i don't think it's going to work out as well long term but people are not loving it he also like went to uh he went to Mahatma gandhi's memorial tomb or memorial statue or plaza or some memorial they had set up for him and took a picture and tweeted it was like oh i'm so happy to be part of india and they have such great culture and all that so people are also going to slam him for that too but it's like lose lose but he's also a billionaire so i'm not too sorry for him yeah seems like typical billionaire stuff yeah just billionaire around doing his thing invested in countries that's yeah that's that's crazy you get so rich that you can't invest in a company anymore 
They're like, yeah, I'm going to invest in a country. Right, I'm just going to bring these billion people, a sixth of the world, up from poverty myself. Reminds me yeah, of, a, of a young Thomas Wayne. We'll see how it ends up. Indian Joker. Indian Joker. Yeah, remember? From the movie? Thomas, no. Thomas Wayne wanted to use his billions to uplift Gotham. Oh, yeah. My dad's watching that movie tonight. Oh, really? He let you know? His movie schedule? Um, yeah, I ate dinner because he ordered my soup from the Thai place. Oh, and he yum. said, hey, come over and I'll give you soup. And I said, yeah, be right over. <laughs> so I didn't really have dinner <laughs> planned. So I ate yummy, yummy Thai soup. And then um, he I told him that we went to see the Joker at the Dollar Theater. And mom went to see it with Anna in the big theater oh, and so he said gosh darn i'm the only one who hasn't seen this movie i'm gonna rent it mom and anna went to see it that's kind of odd right no it was a while ago when anna was in town and um mom didn't really want to see it but anna wanted to see it and mom oh, just okay. wanted to hang out with anna yeah okay what'd mom think no. mom said you weren't bored she thought it was a little long <laughs> I I couldn't see that. I feel like that's probably the least likely attribute I'd assign to it. It's pretty action. It was pretty long. I would say it's long, but there's a there's a lot of action. I mean, it pretty much just something was always happening. It wasn't like a lot of just downtime, was there? Yeah, but I could see it because mom and I are similar in that we like a good romance story. There wasn't really that much of one. And to us, action is kind of a long explosion scene, like doesn't really interest us. And there was, I really liked the movie, but I'm just saying I could see where mom was coming from. Yeah. There was some long takes where kind of like in what's those movies you like that I hate where they just drag on scenes. Oh, um, Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, like those mom, those movies my mom would hate, like <laughs> just really long, boring scenes. Oh, um, and Joker had a few of scenes like that, but I thought it was all great. So. She probably was so invested in the love story, the minor love story too, and then it all turned out to be fake. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, <laughs> all these emotions <laughs> wasted." <laughs> yeah, I don't think because she doesn't really see him. Mom has to see the guy as you know a catch to be invested in the love story, and he probably just made my mom like kind of scared so she probably wasn't even invested in the love story you know what i, I didn't look up and i was curious about i wonder like how do they make his back look so weird do you think he was just like bending over funny or do they use like prosthetics i think he was bending and he lost a lot of weight for the okay. role it just looked it was like almost deformed you know not quite all the way but you know what else i learned about him he speaking was, of deformities he has a cleft lip. he has a cleft lip yeah did you just learn that too I learned it on, you know, the most reputable news source in the world, Daily Mail. And Wendy Williams yeah, said he wasn't attractive because of it, which is so, so just dumb. Why? She's said so many dumb things. How has she not been canceled? Yeah. But also because my friend at work has a cleft lip and I know how much hardship she had growing up with that and just how many procedures go into it yeah and just you're probably made fun of it like he was probably made fun of it for his whole childhood and you can i never knew he had a cleft lift you can't even tell well he he's been famous for a really long time uh so i don't think he had like the same kind of experience but i was thinking they did a really really good job because i never knew that i've known him as an actor for a long time and i don't know how i just i never noticed before now, of course, like every photo that I saw that was related to that story, they chose like the most evident photos you could you could find. But yeah, I was I was yeah. shocked when I learned that too. It's like wow, because I've knew I've known other people with cleft lips, and it's always pretty noticeable, you know, generally. But his like couldn't. I've fall. only. But I'm sure he's had like top top quality plastic surgery for a long time. Honestly, so I've only known one person with the cleft lip, and it's my friend from work, and I never knew she had one until she told me. Oh really? And I just thought like. You know how, so my sister has a scar on her chin because when she was young, she fainted and fell on tile floor. So she's this tiny, tiny scar that you can't even really see anymore. Mm -hmm. But so when I saw, met my friend with a cleft lip, I thought, oh, she just fell and like her tooth, like, you know, scarred her, like cut her lip. Right. And 
honestly, yeah, by the time you're his age, the scar really goes away. But I would never be able to tell that she had a cleft lip. And I just think even for him, I don't know, that's just like so annoying to me because I guess it's the same to me as like being racist or being, you know, mean about someone being gay because it's just like, yeah, that person was born that way and it's just not an unattractive thing you know it's just like part of them yeah i I just thought too especially for someone like wendy williams to say oh i didn't find this person attractive like all right look in the mirror there wendy speaking of surgeries you've had probably 10 times the surgery he's had and he actually had a medical reason to get him yeah well she's known for just saying the most bigoted i'm using that word as in just ignorant the most ignorant things in the world. That's the only reason she ever shows up on Daily Mail. And I usually click by. I'm like, yeah, what dumb thing did she say now? But <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy, too. I just didn't know. I just thought it was kind of cool that he even made it in Hollywood in the first place. Like I said, he, I think he had some connections, but still, you think they would just be like, no, just going to write him off or kind of typecast him as like, yeah, he's like the, cl- the kid with the cleft lip. But no, he's really had a, a pretty successful career. Did you ever see his movie? Um, he made this like, it's like early 2000s. He made this like mockumentary slash documentary uh, where he pretended he was going to retire from acting and become a rapper. It's called like Joaquin Phoenix. I'm still here or something like that. It was really. I weird. did not, but I quickly want to add that. I think it's a lot easier for a male to be unattractive and make it in Hollywood. We see it all the time because women are willing to love unattractive people. Whereas I think it's much harder for an unattractive or, uh, you know, society judging someone as unattractive as a woman to make it. I think if a woman had a cleft lip, she would not be as, yeah. I think it would, yeah, be a lot harder I think there's for her to be no a chance star. that a woman with a cleft lip would make it in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think I want to point that out quickly. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing that he represents that community. And I'm really happy he's an actor. However, it's really not the same because there's guys that are way less attractive that yeah have no problem making yeah but yeah no i've never seen that yeah it's pretty interesting because it was uh it was like early 2000s it's kind of like pre-internet in a way like pretty like big internet was just everywhere and so it was like talk shows and all that were still kind of a big deal and people would get all their information from like watching the news watching talk shows and so he would go on talk shows in character as this rapper long hair and a beard and he had like a documentary crew that was following him around and stuff to try to like you know document his career it's pretty weird and then he kind of faded away after that and now he's kind of back on a comeback trail and now he's probably going to win an oscar you think he's going to get the best actor i hope so i will say about him he's one of those actors which i think it's so amazing that he's in a lot of stuff but you never like when Owen Wilson's in something or when Will Smith is in something, uh-huh. I go, it's Will Smith. Right. And he's one of those actors like, um, who's that guy? Ooh, it's a bad one to bring up, but it's the only person I can think of right now that he killed himself and he was in the Hunger Games. Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in so much, so many things. Yeah. And I could never tell you his name. Yeah. I'd put him, you know? I'd put him like Gary Oldman. He played, uh, he played Severus Snape. But I mean, that's just like tip of the iceberg. Like he's in so many movies. Same thing. And like you wouldn't really recognize him, you know? Or like. Is that his name? I think his name's something else. The guy who played Severus name. Oh, that's Alan Rickman. Sorry, I confused the two. But uh, well, he's he's also kind of in that category. But Gary Oldman's the same way. Or uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, who retired as well from acting. Did you see that this year? He's like, I'm just done making movies. It's always so weird when people retire from things like that, like a creative work, art. You know, like what else are you going to do with your time? It's not well. Or Sean, Sean. It's a pretty demanding job. In that, when you get a role, you just have to move somewhere for three months. You know, you can't really. You're. They're just like, oh yeah, you're moving to Russia for four months to shoot this. Like you don't. There's not much Mm -hmm. autonomy to your career. Um, unless you start becoming a director or such a big name that you exclusively choose your roles and only do that exclusive role once a year. But, um, so I think that's kind of the reason some people quit. They just think, yeah, I'm too old to keep moving somewhere for five months and doing 12 hour, 24 hour shoots a day. You I wonder know? if they get a pension because they have a union or I guess they have a guild. I don't know if it's the same. I think it's sort of a union. 
I wonder if they get a. Uh, most unions don't do pensions. Yeah, they do. All unions do pensions. That's the number one reason you join. No a union. way. Yeah, that's that's why you join a union, pretty much. No way. I don't think that's true. Look it up, because my brother's in the shipping union or whatever that's called, and I don't think he gets a pension. Well, there's a difference between a union like that and like where your brother's a captain, where he's already making plenty of money, and like the general workers. Like Joe's in a union full of labor like a labor union he's gonna get a pension you know once you put in your your 20 years or whatever 15 years we should create a union we t i talk about that at work sometimes like let's just create an accounting union we refuse we refuse to balance these books until the uh, conditions improve they say yeah thailand can do it fine <laughs> yeah seriously they got india um i had another story for you too, but I can't really quite remember it. Oh, this is not the story I was going to tell, but it's another story from yesterday that I forgot to tell you yesterday mm -hmm. was um, I emailed my boss on something and said, hey, I don't know if this is a you question. However, I was wondering on the billing of this client or something. And he emailed back and said, glad to see you made it back to California. Here's the answer or whatever. And I said, oh, happy. Uh, yes, made it back safe. Thanks for asking. Um, thanks for answering my question. He emailed back and he said, it's just not the same around the office. You sure do add a lot of warmth or something like that. Oh, that's awfully nice. Yeah. And I said, the feeling's mutual. A, Can't wait to be back in April. That's a good phrase too. You add a lot of warmth. Yeah, it was, there was more. There was like three sentences. It was, we're really missing you around the office. You sure do add a lot of warmth and like sunshine or something like that. And it said, um... We can't wait to see your smiling face back here or something like that. It was a really nice message. I almost forwarded it to you. But then I thought, I could don't annoy Matthew today. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really nice. Oh, I signed yeah. up to, to play softball in the spring. With your work? Yeah, they're like starting another team. Oh, so that's be, cute as heck. That'll be fun. I was telling him I haven't played since I played through t-ball. And then I played, you know, stickball in the in the garage and in the parking lots <laughs> so that's about my baseball experience but i thought it'd be fun they're like yeah it doesn't matter at all like we have so many different skill levels on the team so uh, that was pretty fun who's on your team do you know they, they don't know yet so i the guy emailed out the guy that, that heads it this guy named brett and he said that we're gonna start a second team because we've had both like it's it's almost like hard to see. they had one team before but it's hard they limit it you know to as, as many people as they the maximum they can but then it's hard and it's just you know our the way our work is the games are played during the week so people like yeah like i can't go to the game like i have to work or i have to do this i have this thing going on so they're like we're just gonna have two teams and just kind of if someone needs to fill in on one of the other teams like we'll just have people fill in as needed you know it's like that's a good idea yeah and then also if you just want to play a lot then you have more opportunities so yeah, it should yeah, be fun. I think, really I think fun. it's co-ed. I'm not sure, though. Oh, scandalous. Scandal City. That'd I'll be fun, come though. watch I've one always of your games to, if I've always I'm wanted to play a little, like, work <laughs> sports league, you know, like on a sitcom. Yeah, same. That's so funny. I can't wait to come watch and be your cheerleader. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. That's super cool. When are you, are you going to re-sign up to uh, volunteer at Radio Boise? Yeah, I'm going to volunteer again or email them again, sign up again. I really want to do it. I just need to, I guess, just stay on top of them or, I don't know, email or, or go down there and talk to them or go to, like, some of the events and see what they have going on, that kind of thing. I just feel like that, yeah. that's the best thing I think I could do for volunteering. That would be the most, most fit my interests and something that's a little bit different than what I do day to day and also, like, I don't know, really get, like, do real work. Like, I don't want to necessarily go to the women's shelter and, like, disinfect kids' toys. You know, or like just pack. And not that that work's not important. It's just like I'd rather do something, I don't know, less critical um, and more fun. You should email, honestly, just the other local radio stations and just see if anyone has an available hour that you can fill. You should just be like, yeah, I, I would do it for free if even it's a late night hour, maybe, you know, that no one really listens to. Yeah. Just to like get your start, so then the next opportunity you can go, oh, you have a better hour available. I think that'd be awesome. You know what else I've been practicing is my uh, boxing announcer voice. Yeah? Yeah. When Tell I was, me when more. I, when I was watching boxing last Saturday, uh, uh, this woman, her name was uh, uh, Alejandra uh, Limos or something like that. Or Lo oh, Alejandra Lopez, I think. 
not to be a racist that was literally her name and uh and it was just fun i just kept saying her name really loud <laughs> in boxing announcer voice because it said that it just was a really good name to do it lots of syllables lots of good vowel sounds yeah so that'll be my next career pa announcer that's a good idea i think you should work on getting an hour at any radio station at all just volunteering just a free literally hour it's gonna cost you guys nothing here's my experience i've had in radio here's like a picture of me here's a sound bite of a radio hour i would do and then i really want to get on local news stations giving them here's your tax advice it's april here's your um summer budgeting advice so i should put together a couple little like lessons or something or you can help me and then maybe you could film me doing one and i could send it in to some of the like hey if you ever need a cpa or financial segment i would love to come on my name's micah brocker kind of thing even if i have to go like try to hand it to them or something yeah that's a good idea um, like we just kind of filmed it ourselves you know and like here's what it was yeah like. just be like this is the tips i would use because you know how they always have little props uh -huh. just like hey um i would just it's just something i'm interested in if you guys ever need a financial segment because i feel like if i did good it would take me some practice i'm really self-conscious and so it would take me a little bit of practice but then i think i could do it yeah that's a really fun idea i could do some yeah, graphics i'm just kind of self-conscious about i kind of have an uneven face like my teeth aren't even in my like my smile goes left and my like teeth go right i don't know I have this really self-conscious thing about it. Well, you're not just going to be up there smiling the whole time, are you? I look better when I'm smiling straight on. It's when I talk. I don't know. I have such a like goofy face. Give them some advice about what happens when a loner is rejected by society. Bub. <laughs> you're not going to say I don't have a goofy face? You don't have a goofy face. I think that I thought that was evident. Now it doesn't count, baby. I don't think people... I was like, just like, affirmed my oh, self-conscious. This is my girlfriend, Micah. Don't mind the goofy face. She's got a, she's got a beautiful <laughs> I do, beautiful though. Heart. It's not a professional face. Maybe and now I feel more self-conscious because now you just know I have a goofy face. Maybe it's a professional face. Every face... In that moment, I was literally talking to you about my most self-conscious thing that I've never talked to you about before. So I've always, I've always feel like once I mention to someone, they're going to be like, yeah, you're right, you're ugly. And in that moment, it was as if you thought in your head, you thought, dang, she's finally bringing up how goofy her face is. Oh. I have no idea what to say right now. I'm just going to move it to the next topic. I was not moving to the next topic. I was keeping on the exact same topic. I was just making a joke. Baby, you don't have a goofy face. What a crazy way to describe your face. A, and then B, everyone looks better on camera. They say camera adds five attractiveness points. Yeah. Well, that's my goal for um 2021 is to get the segment ready by the like be a cpa by 2020 pass all my tests and then have that ready for like the tax season of 2021 to submit to them in december well, pass january the, pass oh, the tests, right you have to go back to school a little bit yeah pass the test take the five classes whatever i'm already calling myself a cpa once i pass the test mm -hmm. but anyway to get those them a little video on things because i feel like i could do um how to stay within budget during the holidays, um, tax advice from your local favorite CPA, Micah, <laughs> summer cheap trips with the kids, like that kind of stuff. I think I'd be so good, like have so much fun doing. Yeah. And, you know, then if I do good once or twice, then it could kind of become a reoccurring thing, you know. Anyway, so that's one of my goals. And I guess we kind of have something to share with the people. What are we sharing? Of We kind of decided... We chose a place that we think we're going to live for the next few years. Oh, yeah. Drum roll. Boise. <laughs> yeah. And Just for five years, At maybe. the most, yeah. I'd say less than that. Two or three years. We, we have to buy a condo and whenever we can gain a little money on it. Like, you know, we don't want to lose money. So at least three years. Yeah. I think it's going to be no problem in Boise true yeah i i think i don't know they're so, still it's still growing like crazy but they are building a lot too so i was looking at that today there's just so many little cranes up and down all the time so but i think i think it's just growing too fast i think it'll be fine yeah as long as it's near downtown because that's gonna keep going up in value yeah 
So, but yeah, pretty fun. And you're coming to visit in about a month, know, less than a month, like 27 days. Yeah, that'll be so much fun. Four. Yeah, I'm really excited when you land because you're going to see the big bunny that I like a lot. And there's a little tram that takes you from the airplane area to the rest of Terminal B. And then like underground by the luggage pick. Like, yeah, there's this little like. He's not on the ground. He goes, it's kind of like he goes on this little bridge, connects one building to another. Mm, He's this little tiny train you go on. They just go back and forth. It's pretty cute. (laughs) And then you get off that and you see this huge bunny as you come down this escalator. And you get to the bottom floor. And that's where they have these huge uh, suitcase spiral stacks. Mm. Like these columns that look like old suitcases all stacked up. And that's funny. That's Just cool lost too. unclaimed luggage. They had it piling up. They're like, what are no, we going to do? And like, they're like, well, if we create art, then no one can sue us later for losing their luggage. The old art loophole of 1863. Yeah, seriously. No, I don't think that's what what's, happened. What's but the bunny's story? Then we can... Why is he there? Oh, he's this artist. There's a huge bear at some airport that's made by him. It's this artist that does... If you look up Sacramento Airport, maybe there was a ba- there's also a bear that just got built at Sacramento Airport. But it's a certain artist, and he does these animals that are made out of... Um, he makes them in just one color, first of all. And then he makes them out of, oh, like, kind of GOE shapes, I guess. Like, triangles and, like, oh, these that's flat... Cool. Yeah, like geometric shapes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool if you... Well... Don't look don't him up, you'll see him, him in person. But yeah, he's he's a certain artist. I think he either just the in Terminal A, they made a bear that's looking into the airport or something. Mm. But yeah, he makes these huge animals and I always love it. Whenever I see that bunny, I think, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, baby. Got the plane tickets all booked. Ready to go. Got the other tickets all booked. Lots of adventures coming up. Everyone is just so excited to see you the hype is just so real good keep it keep it high we don't want it to because it's still a month out and i don't want it to drop off in the meantime honestly it might because i don't know why but we've all just been stoked on stoked on stoked and marianne's <laughs> gonna be there and marianne's never met you and actually mom reminded me of the last time i saw marianne it was literally right before i started dating you the summer before i started dating you. oh good okay yeah, she actually. So she's just gonna to be like, oh, like, yeah, like Mike has grown up. Like Mike is a a woman now. Well, I was a woman then. I was like twenty and just turning twenty one. Yeah, you were twenty, going on twenty one. Matthews, <laughs> wait in line. <laughs> Better be weary, careful, <laughs> and something, baby. You're on the brink. <laughs> I love that song. I think you know that. I love that song so much. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's no... When I was no, 16... I oh, yeah, you sing that song all the time? Every day <laughs> when I woke up, I'd go... My first day, my first, like my birthday when I woke up and was 16, I went, I am 16 going on 17. <laughs> I can't even really remember the lyrics like I used to. Fellas will wait in line. That's not the next lyric. It's like, yeah, it is. I am 16 going on. That's what he sings to her. Oh. But she says, look up the lyrics. I only know Nazi lyrics. No, I don't want to look up the lyrics. I'm going to look up the lyrics that I have my laptop nearby. Fine. Better be weary something and something. <laughs> I was trying to remember, you know, Joey at work. I talk to him about movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember that movie we saw before The Joker. Do you remember what movie we saw? Yeah, Double Tap. I could Zombie not Way. remember at all what movie we saw. And I was like, wow, it was really forgettable. And then I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, it just kind of was forgettable. There wasn't really much to it. Oh, this client's so pissed at me and they've already kind of hated me, so. Oh, is that the next lyric? This client is pissed to me. <laughs> this client Later is pissed. So See that teacher in Kenya won a million dollars for being teacher of the year for the whole world? No, what's that? It's just a big competition. They had a million dollar prize to find the teacher of the year for the entire world. 10,000 applicants. 
and he's in rural Kenya and he donates most of his salary and time to helping his kids like get to school, buy supplies, make sure they're like fed enough to be able to learn that kind of thing. Just kind of helping his students. And they gave him teacher of the year, a million US dollars. Do you imagine what's it going to do in Kenya? Oh, I have other other African news too. Do you know, uh, you know, Akon, the rapper, rapper, singer? Yes, of course. Akon and Young Jeezy. He is going to build an entire city in Africa. He's going to fund a solar powered, like technologically advanced city, apparently. That's crazy. Sorry, now I'm sending this invoice for this client because... She's a client that's rated me one twice out of ten. Oh yeah, I, I, we've no, talked about no this. Comment. It just makes me yeah. so mad. And the first time she rated me was a week after they switched her to my account, and she said, "And her person just left Jatasa, and she goes, so many client transitions has left my service in shambles,' or something <laughs> like that." And the thing is, she's so nice over emails, and then she just sent. Months later, and I send her a weekly update, I send her her reports on time, I really do everything right, and it's only since I saw this score that I think I've started messing up, just because, not on purpose, just because, I don't know, just, I'm nervous now. Yeah. And, um, anyway, she just sent another one with no comment, so I emailed her and said, hey, um, is there something more I can be doing for you? Um, I saw that you sent in a couple ones. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can for you. And she just ignores it. Is she an accountant or is she like the director? She's the director. Oh, weird. I was thinking if she's like an accountant, maybe she wants like job security or something. She's like, just wants to keep saying gas service is bad. But she's the director. It sounds like she's just uh, confused on the system. Educator, send her a guide of like what each number should represent on the survey i'm sure they have one or like a range you know like a one through five means this this and this a six through seven is this eight nine is this ten is this yeah she is just just be really petty about it and be like what okay one one signifies like complete lack of service late booking like which one of these exactly did i not miss because i'd like to improve on it for the future so that's what i sent her i was like i um just want to make sure that i'm servicing you to the best possible and I'm just concerned since I saw you sent a one. Could I do more than just send you a weekly update? Would you like a like two updates a week? Would you like a, a call to support this? I always offer that at the end of my weekly update. Hmm. And she just ignored it. Like, so petty. She's also from a different country, though. Um, her organization um, just does different stuff. I, like they're all from different countries and i think that's a lot of it is the avoidance culture of just um she's oh now i'm being kind of so now i don't want to say what country she's from because um people are gonna think i'm but i work i have an office that's close to this country and they're very mm. avoidance in nature and so i just have seen the same theme of their cultures to um not be as comfortable with um like is she from Singapore? Direct face on face. Um, like Americans are really okay for the most part, or I am, with, hey, by the way, you're doing this wrong. This is constructive criticism. If someone tells me this is what I need, this is what I would like, and I can tell them, hey, yeah, I can give you that, or say, hey, um, it sounds like what you're looking for is not really something I'm going to be able to provide. I absolutely appreciate the feedback. I can do this, this, and this, but that's not going to happen. Like, tell me exactly why you're mad. But yeah. I'm not good with someone just sending me um, just a horrible score and no way to improve, essentially. Well, no one's good with that. What, what, what good is that? Yeah. I really like the Adam Grant podcast about how his he was talking about constructive feedback and how the like if someone doesn't give you constructive feedback, they're failing you because they have knowledge on something and they can give you a way to improve but they're holding back on it if someone just says yeah "Yeah, you're doing great then they're not giving you an opportunity to grow yeah it makes sense to me i always that always bugs me and i something i always had to work on a lot especially growing up as i was always very sensitive to feedback i always took it very personally same and 
it's something I've worked on recently over the last few years and like at different jobs I've had and that kind of thing. And now that I've got to a place where I work in like no one ever gives solid feedback. And I think just a lot of it is like, yeah, my boss is like my age or like my boss is like has as much experience as I have. Like they don't really feel comfortable doing that part of it, you know? And then mm-hmm. my other bosses that are older, I don't really talk to on a day-to-day basis or we don't have like a setup like monthly meeting or anything or weekly meeting. So it's like, yeah, you get really no feedback. And, I, and everyone ta- everyone says the same thing. It's like a number one complaint among employees is like never any like constructive feedback. It's just like, yeah, you're doing great. And then, you know, no, nothing really happens. No raises, no promotions or anything. So uh, it's just like, yeah, if you're one of the people that happens to just excel at that field, then yeah, you're fine. You'll just keep rising up. But if you're just someone that needs like a little bit of feedback or, start, or, or will do better with some feedback, then you're just kind of out of luck. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of hard. Yeah, I agree. I think what work isn't willing to tell you is you just have to somehow make time to grow on your own get more experience on the side because that's what they're going to value it ultimately they're going to hire someone above you with a cpa if you don't get one you know Mm -hmm. um and this is the much awaited for lyrics to 16 going on 17 finally so i'm going to skip the first part and get straight to the chorus here Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm You are 16 going on 17, baby. It's time to think. Better be weary, be canny and careful. Baby, you're on the brink. And then it goes. Be canny? What does it say? Canny? It says, (laughs) um, baby, it's time to think. Better beware, be canny and careful. Baby, you're on the brink. Hmm. You don't know the word canny? Canny. Am I saying it wrong? C-A-N-N-Y? I know that word. What does it mean? It means, like, be cunning. Oh. Be weary. Any of those. I thought it was, like, be, I thought you said be canning, like, be preparing fruit for the winter. No, be canny. Anyway. Yeah, And then it goes, you are 16 going on 17. Fellows will fall in line. Eager oh, young lads back. and rogues and cads. That's kind of a chunky <laughs> part, but will offer you food and wine i've never heard that part whoa and then this is my favorite part is when he's like he like gets low down he's like doing this thing he's like totally unprepared you are to face a world of men i can't remember the how it goes right now and then it goes timid and shy and scared are you of things beyond your kin and then he goes you need someone older and wiser telling you what to do I am 17, going on 18. I'll <laughs> take care of you. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> 17 verse 16. Yeah, he's definitely seen the world. He gets it. He's a Nazi at this point, so yeah. He, that's what I'm saying. He gets it. It's cute, though, I because am a he's Nazi. Saying... I hate the undesirables. Let's load them all on trains. I think she's Jewish in it because they have to run. Or why do they have to run then? Uh, are they Jewish or are they just running because they are getting invaded? I think they're just running because they're getting invaded. Oh, maybe. They're hiding at a certain point. People are hunting them. Yeah, but I, don't, I think they're just running. Like their dad's in the military, right? Dad's like an admiral. Like they're just like enemy combatants, right? I'd run from the Nazis. You wouldn't just run from Nazis if they still come in? Well, I'm Jewish, so yeah. Yeah, you would. But I think generally speaking, yeah, the Von Trapp singers. Let's see. Young Austrian postulant in Salzburg, Austria. Yeah, I think they're just running. Hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's one of the best songs in the movie, hands down. Easy. Try to argue with me. <laughs> no. Don't make me argue with you. <laughs> um, yeah, I had some other story that I wanted to bring up today, but I don't know. I'm just super excited for your visit. We're going to Hearst Castle, and Dad sent me a picture of my last visit there, which was 2005, and me and Anna were styling some pretty crazy clothes, and huh. I look pretty bad. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just super excited. I think it's going to be so fun because... You love the history of it, and there's a really funny joke that I hope they make again, where um, in his 
very later years when he's I want to say late 80s he marries this woman who's kind of an ex-playboy bunny just super young and bleach blonde you know like what was popular in the early 2000s and my tour guide last time made the joke of and he married her for her personality um because (laughs) yeah and she just has these like huge you know boobs and everything it's pretty that was hearst who was it that did that hearst yeah Yeah. in his later years so that's pretty funny yeah, he had a handful of wives. Yeah. He married two women at one point, essentially. Like they at the were, same time, they were sisters. Yeah, he hung out with these two sisters all the time, and uh, he married one of them eventually. But the other sister was like, "Yeah, I'm just moving in too. Like, you're not gonna just like not move in with you." So he just kind of like he would like, huh. he would go to the town and he would just have these two sisters on him all the time. They're like actresses, singers, but I mean, back in the day, singers. wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. That was like one of his first relationships, like first official ones. But it was crazy. Well, don't look up too much of his history because they'll know, tell us. I know that a lot of fun. it. He was really his his mother had all the money originally, and then he started investing in newspapers. Uh, and he was losing money because back then newspapers just they kind of lost a lot of money. It was more about like the prestige and like I own a newspaper, I control the media than it was about actually making money. So he was losing a lot of money but still like trying to grow magazines and grow newspapers and his media business. And then his mom, of course, like cut him off. I was like, we stopped losing my money. And then she bought a property in North Dakota that of course struck gold. And so then it was back to, yeah, endless money flowing in, supported all his um, newspaper businesses. But he was big in like the yellow journalism thing. That was kind of his, he was one of the architects of that. He like orchestrated the war with Spain through like, just reporting false narratives and that kind of thing. And then he eventually owned newspapers in every major city in the, in the country. And then the depression hit him really wow. hard. He lost a lot of his media other than his magazines and newspapers. So it cut back all the way down to that. And they still exist now. There's like the family still runs Hearst media. I think they do TV and all types of stuff now, like production and not, they're not like, they're not like a Viacom or anything like that, but they're still, they're still relevant and they do a lot of magazines but well, his house is it's gone. pretty fun he had great interesting taste in the house yeah seriously like it doesn't it doesn't have a zoo it's like a the zebras and stuff there. it used to i think a lot of the animals had to be moved because of just state regulations when it was taken over as a park but i remember last time i was there there were still peacocks and a zebra or two. Oh, fun they probably just keep them there as like novelty right like yeah yeah they're just grazing because you take a bus to the you kind of park in this parking lot and then you take a bus to the little castle and you'll pass by the this rolling grass of you know the peacocks and whatnot that's fun pretty fun yeah he's got that crazy mansion it's pretty cool too is i feel like when he built that i mean california was still big but i don't know i still feel like he was for someone like an East Coast guy like that, like so known in the East Coast and like East Coast politics, then to just like take it all west, and be like I'm just gonna write it all off. I'm gonna build a huge mansion in California and move out there, and I get really big in like San Francisco media scene and all that. That's kind of cool. But yep, Oli Willie Randolph. Yeah, it's fun because it's kind of I'm sure it was the boonies at the time to be in Northern California, like by San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so here you go. Animal Hill, formerly named the Hearst Garden of um, Comparative Zoology. The zoo had its antecedents in the menageries and game parks maintained by royalty and other wealthy members of society for thousands of years. Hearst loved animals and the zoo would entertain his guests. Let's see. The dismantling of the zoo began in 1937 when Hearst experienced great financial difficulties and was first forced to curtail construction and cut other expenses at the ranch. Many animals were donated to public zoos or sold. Dispersal of the zoo animals extended um, over more than 15 years, and it was never entirely completed. That's crazy. Most of the animals had been placed by the 1953, two years after... Um, whoa! Two years after Miss Hurst's death. I thought he died a lot later. The picture, maybe it's someone else then who took over his estate because the picture of him and the woman looks like early 2000s. But I think maybe it's just my memory since 
you know, I was there in 2005. I was so young. But anyway, but many of the animals were permitted to range free on the ranch. In 1958, when the castle was given to the state, there were Rocky Mountain elk, tar goats, llamas, white fallow deer, zebras. I remember seeing zebras. Barbary sheep and some bar deer still in the ranch. Today, some of these animals survive. Zebras can be seen grazing in the pastures along Highway 1 near the San Simeon, especially in warm weather. So, geez, you can just drive down the highway and see them. Really? Yeah, they're just kind of left in the area. But um, I remember seeing them there as well as some peacocks. But That's fun. Yeah, I can't wait to go see. Yeah, and my it's dad's pretty fun. You're going to love it. Someday. We'll get a chance. We'll tell them all about it. Oh. The Hearst Castle. And then we're going to go see our big light show. Yeah, that's going to be fun, too. This Apparently, this world-renowned artist that no one's ever heard of. Okay, I'm looking up his wives now, because I guess I was probably wrong. Yeah, I know. I mean, his heyday was like turn of the century. So, I knew he was. He died. I guess it would, let's say he died in the 50s. That makes sense. Huh, it looks like he just had one wife. From 1903 to 1951. Who's that portrait of that old guy they showed me with that 20-year-old then? Did someone take over? Uh, it could be a, a son or something. Oh, there's Randolph Apperson Hearst is the son. Willie Jr., I see here. He's a journalist, I think. Yeah, Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, I wonder who we'll have to go see when we go back there. Oh, here we go. William Randolph Hearst Jr. 85 dies in 1993. So that's not still a long time ago. His son had, um, Randolph Hearst had three wives, but the last one was Veronica, and she doesn't look super blonde with big boobs. So I don't think that's it. Yeah, I don't know. Man, who was it? I remember thinking it was hilarious. Oh, definitely wasn't this one. Okay. I'm just going to look up Hearst history. Hot young wife. Uh, this is the only part of the tour that really stuck out to me. Oh, that's cool. I guess his first paper was actually the San Francisco Examiner, so that's why he's back there. That makes more sense. So he's a California guy, born in California. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I didn't know that. I knew him as a New Yorker. As all the greats were. So he started in San Francisco, then he went to New York. Man, he had five sons. It's crazy. George, Willie Jr., John, Randolph, David. Oh, Patricia Lake, alleged dun, 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 scandal city. Huh. Wow. I hope they go by that big portrait again. I think we got the same tour last time I was there, and hopefully they tell us the history of that <laughs> blonde playboy girl. Yeah. We'll have to ask about it on the tour. No, I don't want to sound dumb. Um, I was promised some <laughs> boobs on this tour, and I've yet to see... <laughs> Anything of the sort. Matthew, do not say that. It's just, I just remember because I was so young. How young was I in 2005? Nine. Nine. I was nine years old. And I remember seeing this picture of a guy who looked like my grandpa. And my grandpa at the time, he died like four years after that. But what, or three years after I was nine. But he just like big old, you know how like a Fred Christensen, but in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like big old nose and just cheeks, you know, jowls. And then this woman standing next to him with her arm on the wheelchair that was like blonde and definitely used to be, I think at that time I'd probably, maybe a house bunny was already out or something, but <laughs> maybe not. Like a house bunny looking woman and thinking, ooh, what does she see in him? <laughs> Money. But. Uh, yeah, that's weird. I wonder who that was. It wasn't like Anna Nicole Smith and her guy, was it? And they were just like using it as an example or something? No. Hmm. Man, I hope it was even on this tour. It's going to be embarrassing. Yeah, who would it even be? Ugh. Hearst history. Also look up Hearst family history. It's going to tell me like the ancient history. It had to be more recent. I don't know. Does he, what are his grandkids? So he's got, I guess we can just go through every kid. Is it George? No. But yeah, mm. and then his grandkid. I mean, his grandkid's only, his grandkid's only 70 now. So he would have, he wouldn't have been old enough. Yeah, I have no idea. So interesting. Well, I guess we'll learn where we go. It could be one of those things that I've just messed up for most of my life. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all for being honest with each other. But 
Man, I, I really made an impression on yeah, you. Yeah, seriously. So, pretty embarrassing if you ask me. Well, Amanda Randolph Hearst is an American socialite activist, fashion model, and Harris to the Hearst Corporation. Is that his great-granddaughter then? Amanda Randolph. They, um, named, they named her parents Amanda Anna Randolph Hearst. Hearst. And- That's awful. An organization stopping the inhumane treatment of dogs and puppy mills. Wow. So she's the number one. She's the, the number one era. She's married to a Norwegian film director. What a like obscure oh, 1% Oh, they just like. got married too in 2019. Like no one really knows about her, but she's just like, she obviously has always gone to Pilates her whole life and, you know, knows a good green juice when she sees one. She's married to a Norwegian film director. Even these like, schools, education. What the heck? Shopping she? school, Choate Rosemary Hall. And then Fordham. I mean, come on. I mean, Fordham's not that crazy, but geez, I've never even heard of Choet Rosemary Hall. She is really pretty, though. Okay, this is the most boring podcast ever because we're just looking at things. But anyway, I'm very excited. You're also coming to visit for Valentine's Day, and Marianne's going to be here, and it's just going to be wait, super baby. exciting. And I already gave you your Valentine's gifts. They didn't give them to me, but they will be here shortly. They'll be here Monday, and you're so excited. Her husband's going to direct huh. a film adaption of Michael Crichton, the Mike- Michael Crichton novel, Micro, which I actually read. My mom got it from for Christmas when I was in like high school, I think. And it's pretty good. That's pretty cool. I'm glad that it's his last book. He died while he was writing one of those kind of things, and then this other guy, Richard Preston, finished it. But that's pretty cool. Yes, I... They were at the Aladdin premiere together, so maybe he helped direct that. Yeah, he's that. got some big names. He's He directed uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man, Tell No Tales, and then he's doing... He did Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and now he's doing... He's just a bunch of Disney stuff, and then he's doing the next Pirates of the Caribbean. They're making another Pirates of the Caribbean movie, huh? Chimney Christmas. Wow. Why stop, you know? Why stop? Money's still rolling in. It's been a while, though. No, they have one in 2017. Oh, I didn't. I haven't seen it in a while. I guess it's the, <laughs> you know, usually I think when people say, "Oh, Micah stopped watching it," so <laughs> that's like they don't exist. I guess it's good for Orlando Bloom. What if he's still in him? Wait, who's her parents? Because her parents could have been. I feel like the no, because her mom was a Hearst. Never mind. Shoot, who was this Playboy Bunny who married into the family? Yeah, I have no idea. Her mom was Anne Hurst, who had five daughters. Randolph Apperson. Oh, wait. Oh, could it be Randall Apperson Hurst? Oh, I feel like this is our guy. He's He died in 2000 at age 85. No, his last spouse was Catherine Wood Campbell. No, his last spouse was Veronica de Gruyter. I think I already looked into this guy. That year, he married a third wife, Veronica de Gruyter, formerly de Brocasa. We had a lot of wives. Yeah, you can afford him. Veronica Hurst, yeah, with his last wife, and she's not blonde. Man, I feel so dumb. I guess I just, like, there was some woman, some way related to the family, (laughs) that I'm just going to look up, oh, this woman's not very attractive. Which one? Oh, Veronica Hurst. I hate to say it. Veronica Hurst? Yeah. Veronica de Gruyter? Oh, um, yeah. Okay, yeah, let me look of... up plastic surgery. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to look up portrait at Hurst Mansion. Honestly, I went on a lot of tours as a kid. I'm guessing this is the time I must have messed something up. Hmm. Old man. Hot new wife. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess I must have really mixed line up. It just doesn't sound like me because this is one of the things that has just like stuck in my memory for this many years. It seems crazy. I just had it wrong this whole time, I guess. Happen. To me, though. Yeah, it happens to anybody. Huh. Who would have thunk? Hmm. Just wait. We're going to go on this tour and we're going to see it. And I'm going to go, told you so. I hope so. I really want to be. I want you to be vindicated. I'll ask if we get done by the tour. I'll say, I remember going on a tour here when I was 2005. 
And I remember saying that one of the people married this young wife, and it's not going to make sense at all because I have none of the details. Um, but I'm just going to say, is there a portrait around here with an old man <laughs> and a blonde, big-chested woman? Please tell me I'm not delusional. That's funny, baby. We'll have to make sure we'll ask him. All right, baby. What? I think it's time to call her a podcast. Hmm, like 42 minutes of this has kind of been unusable. Due no, to just we were, gibbering we were, on we, about. No, we were good till about 55 minutes. I was watching. Oh, okay. Well, I'm really excited. We should do to more come of these. Almost... We should do a lot more of these. We should do them like twice a week or more. I know. I've always said that. Well, I, I'm saying it now. Oh, so now it matters. <laughs> mundo. Okay, yeah, well, I'm very, very excited for you to come visit. I'm very excited to come see you, baby. We can record again on Saturday, but I just can't wait. I feel like the hype is too high. I wish you were coming next week instead of three weeks from now. I think the hype's at the right level. We need to keep it that high. Okay, I'm going to try my hardest to be the hype man. <laughs> Every time someone doubts something, I'm going to go, raise the roof, raise the roof. Now shake those hips. <laughs> so cute. That usually keeps the hype level I can pretty high. imagine so. Anyway, love you. Talk to you soon. I'll try to remember my story that I wanted to tell, but I honestly Ooh, okay. can't remember what it was. So it probably wasn't anything too interesting. Oh, but talk to you later. Did I tell you this? My uh -huh. They're going to cut off my power tomorrow, 630 to 830. Isn't that annoying? They're doing some maintenance. What is it, apparently. California? But I was like, yeah, can you just do it in the middle of the day when no one's home? Why would you wait till... Literally, everyone gets home on Friday. I'm going to leave a note and say, looking forward to streaming a movie after a long week of work. But Idaho Power had different plans. <laughs> um, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m.? Yeah, right? Oh, man. Yeah, even 6.30 to 8.30 a.m. would be better. Yeah, it just seems like, yeah, that's, that's probably the worst possible time you could do it. It seems like there's so many better times. Just do it like 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You, work home, you go to a coffee shop or anything like that. But, like, yeah, right when people gets home making dinner, oh, sorry, no more power. So that was pretty Well, it's a good dope. excuse to go to happy hour and go out Exactly. With some I'll just, yeah, I'll just tell them oh, we are, we are, yeah, happy hour plans tomorrow. I'll just tell them I can't, I can't go home. We have to stay because it's dark and cold. Dark and cold. Oh, <laughs> it's dark and cold, guys. I got to stay out. <laughs> That's sad. Well, I think you're going to survive. Okay, well, if you don't hear from me, I if didn't have power podcast, for three days on Saturday. Then I want all the listeners to know that I'm I'm just dead. That's it. That's all. Just long on. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, I'm gonna do some studying. I guess I've all been right, pretty baby. bad lately. Bye. Love you. Love you. Bye.